Well, Russ, here we are at the end of 2021. Can you believe it? We've been doing this for almost a year. That's right. We started in February. Yeah, our first one-year anniversary is coming up. That's right. Yeah. 42 episodes. How many albums is that? 240 albums around. Around. We didn't count them all, but 240 up. That's a lot of records that we listen to. In fact, yeah, so this week, we're going to do, we're not going to have any new music on the podcast. We're going to go down our uh, top 10 lists. Memory lane, as it were. Memory lane, in a way, but it's not distant memories. And I have to say, when I was doing this, you know, I was kind of looking through um, our list of uh, records that we listened to this year. I was just overwhelmed by just how many records we listened to. I was just, man, what a year it's been. Yeah, it was interesting because a lot of these, you know, I listened to them numerous times, yeah. uh, but it was in a short period. And then I had right. to move on to whatever we had up for the next week. So I may have listened to something five or six times, and then I haven't listened to it much since then. Yeah. Uh, so looking back was really interesting uh, to listen to things again. Yeah, not only that, but I, I discovered, of course, a lot of new jazz this year. So I don't really listen to that like regularly. I just kind of pick up on things that I find online. But uh, you're, the, you're the jazz man over there, and you sent me a lot of things that I wouldn't have even heard of oh. otherwise you know well that's good well you know i expanded <laughs> mm. i expanded and uh, listened to things um that i wouldn't have even known about uh you know in years previous just because yeah. of the power of streaming and right uh, that, that's really yeah. yeah being able to listen to almost anything immediately uh you know if you search online for new releases in various places but you can't listen to it and you mm. don't know the artist well you're not going to usually buy it you know if you read a great review or someone recommends it to you that's one thing but well, we used this, to live like that you know exactly was, uh, yeah. but yeah when we were, when i was young i would listen to college radio and uh you know some jazz programs and i would that's how i found new music where i would go to the library and rent or borrow vinyl and uh, discover different things uh then you know, now the age we live in now where you can listen to anything. Well, where do you start? Um, but reading different reviews or searching for new releases, you can instantly check out some things that uh, you wouldn't have been exposed to. And uh, so yeah. that's been a fun part of the journey. And uh, happy to introduce this music to all of our listeners out there. Yeah, and to and to really to us too. I mean, yeah. that's really what's important about it. I have to say, here at the end of the year, it's it's um, reportedly been a rough year for a lot of people, and my heart goes out to all of you. But I have to say, for me, it's been really enjoyable. Well, first of all, because we're in Japan and we're not really subject to a lot of the uh, the restrictions that uh, a lot of the West is um, going These through. Heavy-handed draconian mandates and yes. lockdowns. I, yeah. I can't even imagine, you know, what that would be like here yeah. where we're still relatively free. I mean, we actually, we've, we've always been free. We just have to wear masks to work and that's basically it. That's but it. Um, the other thing is just listening to all this music like every week for a year has really just lifted my spirits and uh, I, I found that uh, very therapeutic and I want to recommend that listeners uh, maybe just over this week if you're feeling you're kind of, you know, down after, you know, Uncle George told you all his stories and, uh, you know, <laughs> made his <laughs> made his questionable comments at your Family Christmas detox. dinner. 
you know, you could just detox by listening to a lot of the music we're going to talk about tonight. This would be a good start. Yeah. And just going through some of the old podcasts and uh, look, listening to some of that music. Well, I will try to reference the episodes that uh, each one of the selections came from in case you haven't uh, listened to all of them. It would be a good way mm -hmm. to catch up on uh, some of the episodes we've already released and um, before the new year arrives with new releases. But I've got a backlog already. <laughs> I have to get busy for 2022. The <laughs> yeah, me thing, too. Here's the thing. There's going to be new releases in 2022 soon enough. Yeah. I mean, I've got two from January that are being going to be released right away on January 7th. January 7th that I'm going to want to talk about. But, you know, I'm going to – they're going to be Hyperion releases. So i got to wait for the CDs. I'm going to want those. But, well, then, uh, yeah, but we're going to – I have a backlog of stuff from 2021 that I still want to talk about. The other thing it's done is sort of made me more disciplined in my listening. Uh, you know, I, w I try to listen to the things we choose in different ways, sort of yeah, casually, uh, just picking up the overall vibe uh, before I go at it more discreetly and, you know, listening intently, which actually takes a lot of concentration and energy. And then right. trying to describe that in words uh, – well, first, you know, write down while you're listening and then yeah. bring that back uh, so that you can convey, you know, somewhat successfully uh, the experience of listening to it. It is kind of a challenge. Uh, so, yeah, we've slowly developed a bit of a vocabulary to talk about some of the sounds we hear. And I think that's yeah. a continuing uh, pro process. So, yeah, I believe it, so. It's, it's been fun. Anyway, I guess we're what we're going to do tonight is. Uh, <clears throat> The, the reason that there's no playlist for this week's episode yet, although I might make one, is that uh, we don't know what's on it because we haven't told each other what our picks are. Uh, and, yeah, and we did this in a rather unusual yeah, way, too. You want yeah, to talk about and that? And we're going to do it in a in a sort of bizarro uh, world fashion in that most of the time, not exclusively, but um, Mike has picked the uh, classical selections for the week and I picked the jazz. There's been no, some it's the overlap. opposite. The opposite. I picked the jazz. Yeah, yeah. And I you said picked most, the classical. <laughs> I said most of the time. Oh, uh, sorry, I missed yeah, the, yeah. the opening. There. No, no, sorry. yeah. Um, that's how we've kind of done. It. There's been some overlap things we knew we were going to talk about, like the Pat yeah, basically, my, I'm I'm from the classical field. I did my masters in that, and Russ is, has a lot of background in jazz. So those are our kind of areas of uh, expertise, shall we say? Yeah, but we've but, uh, <laughs> we've uh, flipped the flipped the script and. Uh, well, although we'll both talk about what we like in each category, we we're going to start out with uh, me picking the classical picks and then Mike with the jazz picks. And, and I want to say I'm very excited to hear <laughs> what you picked <laughs> okay. in this category because I can't wait. I, I can't wait to, uh, to hear right. this, really. And what I've tried to do in both categories is pick things um, for different reasons and different types of music to get some variety uh in there as well. Uh, so, you know, I, I didn't want to pick all orchestral recordings or, you know, all uh, jazz trios or something. I wanted to get a, a mix of things uh, in there. And also with an emphasis on uh, new things that I discovered, like new artists. Um, you know, I could probably pick, you know, three recordings that Chick Corea was on last year that right. are all great, but everybody knows Chick Corea. And uh, I, what was really nice about this last year's experience is just, you know, the great number of new artists that we discovered, you know, from all around the world. So I wanted to get some, you know, fresh 
uh, artists right. and also uh, kind of international scope uh, and breadth yeah, I, to my selections. I did that with my classical picks, but I have to confess with the jazz picks, I mean, you're going to find that I really do like uh, smaller, more intimate ensembles because most okay. of my picks are from that um, genre, shall we say. All right. Well, but that's why you're here, Russ, so you can fill us right. in with we'll the, round uh, them the, out. the bigger we'll round band, the big band out. stuff. <laughs> we'll round out each other's lists. Yes, we will do that. Yeah, after after Russ gives his classical top ten, I'll mention a few that I wanted to mention. You know that he didn't talk about, and vice versa. We'll do the same thing with jazz. Okay, then without further ado. Yeah, here we go. Oh, I'm a, little, a tingle. Oh, and by the way, these are <laughs> uh, these are not like uh, you know one is the best and ten is the least yeah. best or something for me. They're just ones I picked, and I'm actually going to do them in episode order just because that's how I reviewed the material. Um, so they're not, uh, don't wait for number one as the best. They're just sort of, uh, you know, in time order as we talked about them. Uh, so the first pick comes from episode two, Ooh. which was Duo by Duo. Yeah. And that is The Mad Lover. Oh, I like that one too, but that was, yeah. that's not on my top 10, but I have uh, that in like my, uh, my top 20. <laughs> I've never been able to say the guy's name. Uh, uh, Theotime Langlois de Swart. Yeah, on violin and Thomas Dunford on lute. Who's amazing, really. Yeah, and this is on uh, Harmonia Mundi. And mm. uh, this has got some very interesting uh, arrangements and uh, collaboration spirited uh, works. Uh, Eccles, uh, Matthias the Elder, uh, Purcell, uh, all of these kind of. Uh, romantic works uh, for lute and violin. And uh, I just listened to this over and over uh, since I discovered it uh, at the beginning of uh, last year. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot too. Um, I, it, it actually, I, I actually made a list of 15 of my top classical recordings and it's um, in the last five. Oh, okay. Um, but that's basically because I wanted to get a variety in there too. I really love this one too. It was one of my favorites of the year, to be yeah. honest. Uh, it always puts me in an uplifting mood. Uh, yeah. The playing's inspired and the uh, interplay between these two is just great. And the sound of the recording is fabulous. Yeah. So. And also we heard three albums that uh, Theotime Langlois yes. de Schwartz played on. Yeah. And this was by, for me, by far the best one. Yeah, we heard the, uh, what, the Salons. Uh, with the Proust one, yeah. The Proust Salons, yeah. And there was also the, uh, there was a French one with two, two right. to me, unknown French Baroque composers that I thought he played beautifully on as well. Right. So yeah. that's my first pick. Uh, number two comes from episode six. Boats, scooters, turtlenecks, music. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what this one's going to be. Oh, really? Yeah. Can I guess? Go ahead. French duets. No. Oh. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I know I was going to surprise you. Uh, this is actually Settecento. Uh, oh, that's my number one. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. from okay. Yeah. Uh, La Serenis Serenissima. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, La this is my number one pick. Adrian Chandler, mm. uh, director yeah. on violin, and this is uh, Signum Classics. Yeah, and so Tapia Debus on recorders as well. Yeah, um, it's got recorders on it. Music from uh, regions of Italy. Uh, it's Baroque music, but it's a, spe a specific style of Baroque music, right? Uh, that was well, actually Italian Baroque. A, a, a Italian Baroque uh, settecento 
it, it's uh, music architecture from this certain period in the early 18th century. And right. um, so it has a certain flair to it. And I like, I love Baroque music, but I Me often too. find myself, you know, listening to the same, you know, same old Bach and Handel and other things. Yeah. And so when I can find, you know, something from that period that I don't, no, and I had never heard this. Uh, it's great. Now we've heard uh, La Serenissima on a couple recordings this year. Uh, at there least was one a second more. one. Yeah, yeah there's one second more. One. Uh, that was the one that was this, like a. Um, it was one composer. It's uh, like a it's... Vivaldi sounding right. one, which is also good, but this mm. one I found much more uh, inspiring and uh, inspired. So uh, this uh, I definitely recommend uh, for yeah. morning Baroque time. Because of the b variety, because there were a lot of different composers on this, and also because of the uh, the sound of the recorder mm -hmm. uh, played by Tabia Debus, she's um, um, yeah, it's it's just a, a different sound because this is usually a, a string baroque right ensemble. So it was nice to hear that you know, solo yeah. recorder in there too. This this was my favorite album of the year. I oh, gotta wow. just point that out. This was uh, okay. There were I I have a top two and. Mm -hmm. uh, you could say it's tied for number one, but I I huh. put if I had to if I had to pick, I'd pick this one as number See, one. You know, I really didn't think this me. was going to be on your list at all. I thought I'd surprise really? you with that one. Yeah, I didn't no, know you liked yeah, that one. I, I, okay. I took to this one like okay. I, I've been listening to this all year. In fact, on okay. my bicycle with my uh, Bluetooth uh, okay. shoulder speakers <laughs> while right. I was going to work. Right. So, all right, uh, three is from episode 10. Now, this also happens to be our most popular episode of the year. Yeah. Um, this is a number one episode. Uh, this was the 10th episode Fiesta. Spanish guitar, Latin jazz, Hammond organ, and bourbon shots. Whenever we put booze in the title, we get more downloads. We so. should do that more often. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> Maybe we should put eggnog in this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Eggnog, uh, well, for this, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, big picks and eggnog. Or I don't big know. Big picks and eggnog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one was uh, Del Canto Gitano, music of ancient Andalusia. I knew you were going to pick this one. I right. actually didn't pick this one, but I liked it a lot yeah. too. Well, yeah. this is uh, Ignacio Lusarde Monteverde. Yeah. It's on uh, ARC Music, and well, this is just a really great uh, recording for anyone who likes guitar music, flamenco. Uh, it through his uh, studies and travels. Actually, I think he's actually Italian. I, I forget uh, the I whole forgot, story, but he was, was so long. I, ago. I believe he's from South America, but then he studied flamenco in Spain and then traveled uh, through. Sorry, he's Argentinian. Uh, Argentinian, I seem yeah. to recall. So he's yeah. Argentinian, okay. uh, but he's got this Italian name, uh, and he studied, I believe, flamenco in Spain. But then he traveled through the Middle East and into India, where this recording is actually made. And he's actually, I remember. He engineered the recording. I mean, it's a beautiful sounding recording. But he explores the Middle Eastern and Indian music roots of flamenco music, all the, th the music that was traveling uh, through, uh, you know, that sort of pipeline and uh, ending up in Spain. And uh, it's, he's actually got a Hindu, Hindustani singer on there and uh, uh, another uh, female vocalist and it's sort of a world music with a Spanish focus and the guitar playing is fabulous the recording quality is great and the artwork on the album cover and packaging is wonderful too 
Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a real find because it's not on a major label. No. Yeah. Hmm. But I'm glad you picked this one because yeah, uh, yeah, I come real, back to uh, this all the time. I really enjoy it. It was a real find. I'm going to have to listen to it again, too. I liked it a lot. I called it a flamenco raga <laughs> trance. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. You know, um, All right. So I like that one. Uh, now, this one might surprise you. Uh, okay. Number four, uh, episode 13. <laughs> this was uh, get a sax pack with our Renaissance workout. <laughs> oh, I didn't choose anything <laughs> from this episode. But um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't this know is what it my is. Uh, vocal pick. Oh. The Golden Renaissance. Jasmine. Oh, what a good pick. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I didn't heard, pick this one, but yeah. We've heard two Joss Green uh, recordings uh, this year. We Just recently we talked about it's one. Two, but this maybe is three. There three, might maybe. Three. Uh, Style and yeah. Tico. I'm not uh, sure. This is my favorite one um, of that. Uh, I like the other one too, but maybe I've just listened to this one longer. But um, that, this, the, this did surprise me, the, yeah, this the, pick. Uh, just... The sort of uh, movement of the voices, uh, the kind of harmonies that emerge and make me interested in the lines and to compare to, you know, later periods of music. Um, I, yeah, I listened to this one actually a lot when I was in a mood for just, uh, you know, vocal music. And uh, I like early music. I like Renaissance music, uh, just sort of the openness of it and the you know, trying to think of the ideas they were working out in the music at that mm. time. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember this one I especially liked because of all the Josquin recordings because it had Il Grillo on it, and I really liked that. Mm. Earworm. I remember that. I, in the episode, I was going off on how what an earworm yeah. it is. Il Grillo and Buon Cantor. Right. <laughs> so, I, that yeah, one, that was great. That's yeah. my uh, vocal pick, and not being... That was not on my list, but I did love it. Okay. Now, please, I want to mention... It's a top 10, top 15 list, and there are a lot of records that yeah, I liked a lot, but I had to pull so. out yeah, out of 200, yeah, 200 out of over 100. 200, yeah. so. 100 classical ones. And 100 so, classical well, you did, ones. You did slam us with uh, some like five-disc recordings, <laughs> too. So. <laughs> well, there was that one, yeah. the Tetamo one. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. But I really wanted to get... That was a unique was release. I really wanted to say something about it just to yeah. know people, let people know it was out there. All right. Uh, number five is from episode 15. Mm. Uh French me baby, uh, <laughs> fork away flute one, and French jazz. Yeah, that was one of our most popular episodes yeah. too. Was that number two? I think that is number two. I actually have the list of. Uh, I, I have to say that episodes. our two French me baby episodes. Yeah, well, French me baby really big on hits. On French downloads. me baby was number two, and so we said, well. You know, let's do it again. So French me again, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> I've, I've got at least two more of those coming. So you know, yeah. I've got two more titles like that coming. So yeah. as long as uh, you get can, an all French episode again. Uh, anyway. Well, yeah. This one, uh, the Forkory Unchanged, Unchained. Uh, oh, okay. Five. I didn't pick that one either, but yeah, yeah. I was looking at that. Uh, I was like, ah, this is a good one too. I didn't want reason, to pick a lot of Baroque. That's why. Um, yeah. So this, well, I'm a big uh of stringed instruments, uh, cello is my favorite instrument. And, uh, so knowing most of the, you know, cello, uh, sort of, uh, sonatas and concertos really well, I'm always interested to hear, you know, the precursor, the, uh, gamba, mm. uh, that you hear on this, uh, you know, that, you know, before the cello and interested to compare the, you know, the tone, uh, and, 
how that instrument, uh, you know, sometimes you hear those works performed on cello, but here you get to hear them performed on the viol de gamba, uh, which is really nice. And uh, these recordings are really, really interesting uh, selection. It's not only for Korea, but there's some other, uh, yeah. uh, Marais uh, and uh, Kuporin. Uh, yeah, some, this is a beautiful recording yes, I seem to recall it's too almost, the viola de gamba yeah. the detail is almost too much in this because you can hear all these other instrument sounds and the movement of the musicians it's super detailed um, there's some nice harpsichord on here too but um, this the yeah the overall atmosphere and the mu uh, musicianship is just great so I listen to this all the time I really like this one yeah I should listen to this more I did like it a lot and yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you like uh, cello and you haven't listened to uh, Viol de Gamba, uh, check that out. You're going to like it. It's sort of a thicker sounding cello with no vibrato. Right. Yeah. And yeah. different sounding. The tone is different, you know, different, different kind of tone. strings. And uh, yeah, but lovely, lovely sound. Okay. Uh, number six is from episode 16. Uh, this was Split Nationalities. Huh. Right. And uh, so I wanted to get into some orchestral music. So we heard we heard some new and old. Uh, we heard a, a bit of Beethoven this year. Uh, we heard the somewhat controversial Beethoven. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Carinthus. Oh yeah, that, oh Symphony yeah. Seven. Yeah, Symphony Seven, which I you know I thought was interesting, but I really enjoyed this one uh, more for different reasons. And this was the Beethoven Symphony Three. Uh, oh, this is the, the one with the. Uh, it has an extra work on Le it, Cicles doesn't it? And François Xavier Roth. Right, right. And Le so Siecle. this one is yeah, yeah. So this is um, played on period instruments, and what I liked about it, the tempos are a little bit different, and especially the opening chords, uh, they're spread out much less than you know the usual big beginning you get. But yeah, you can hear with the period instruments. Uh, the timbres and textures of the different parts are much more clear than the huge bombastic, you know, modern recordings that you get on this. And so for a different kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, tonal experience of Beethoven, I thought this was really interesting. So I wanted to pick one, go with something you know, but in a different way. And so that's my pick for. Maybe a uh, different orchestra. profile, I guess, to the yeah. tone, or not tonal, but just the tones are the same, but it's just kind of... Yeah, the yeah the whole you know sort of sound profile, and very detailed dynamics, not just loud yeah. and soft, but lots of sort of levels of uh, you know uh, forte uh, in there. So, yeah, I don't think I've heard this one since the episode. Actually, right. so I may have to go back to that now to uh, give it another listen because it was on a lot of um, year-end lists for uh, you know classic a lot of classical year-end lists. It was right. on as well, not top tens, but like they always do like top one hundreds. Right. Yeah. I'm talking uh, about the presto and gramophone lists for right. the end of the year. And that's, um, did I mention, that's Harmonia Mundi as well. Harmonia Mundi. Uh, one okay, uh, number seven. This is from episode 17, which was entitled Bach, Bulgaria, Bayevsky, B3, and Big Bang. <laughs> oh, so, I think I've got something from this one too. Yeah. Let me see. And so this was the uh, Vladigorov, Exotic Playroots and Impressions by... Uh, Nadezhda Vlaeva. Yeah, when I saw Hyperion. this, I was thinking, yeah, I bet Russ is going to pick this one. Yeah. Because I remember you really liked this one, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the, and so the reason I picked this one, uh, actually, I don't like the sonics on the recording very much at all, uh, mm. which is a shame because I really love the music here. Uh, this is a Bulgarian composer, right? Right. And uh, but I thought, you know, I really like Russian piano a lot, uh, and uh, you know, Tchaikovsky, uh, uh, Rachmaninoff, uh, Metner. And oh, uh, I in, love Midner. in that yeah. sort of same, you know, sort of um, aesthetic, uh, really kind of Russian romantic kind of mood. Yeah, don't I, forget I, Prokofiev in there. Prokofiev too. Yeah. Um, but with sort of beautiful um, melody explosions, I thought this uh, Vladigorov music was great. And I wondered why I'd never heard it before. <laughs> I don't think it's been yeah. recorded very much. Um, but especially the... Uh, exotic preludes they're really dreamy they also have a sort of french style in the impressionistic quality to them as well yeah. as being really dramatic uh, it's dense and colorful um yeah and uh Vlaeva's playing is really uh you know technically and emotionally uh, brilliant so um yeah i really liked it i just didn't like the sound of the recording but well, the well, music is great I remember on the episode that I mentioned that it may be that because the uh, the uh, the harmony is so dense that the sound quality seemed not to be that great. But I, I get the impression that the the piano writing doesn't play to the natural harmonics of the piano. You know, because it, it sounded yeah. like it was very dense. And I remember we discussed this yeah. on the, that that episode. Um, it this is kind of like in a really overripe i said romantic style so it's kind of yeah. like you know this the, the, there's, yeah, the, there's a lot like, of like uh atonal not atonal but um uh chromatic writing yeah. in it yeah. um i remember this one yeah i remember thinking this was over i i, I thought it was interesting but i kind of i don't know it was a little too much for me i thought it was a little uh you know i was i was happy to discover this um new player yeah. and it is and I got to tell you, the uh, the pianist here is very impressive. This is one of the reasons you probably never heard this music is because it's it sounds very difficult to play, and people probably just didn't want to uh, approach it. But I'm glad we have this. Really. Yeah, that's. Mm. I wanted to pick something you know new, and this was completely yeah. new to me. And, yeah, I remember uh, you being pretty taken with this music yeah. at the time too. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit sort of the emotionalism is kind of a bit histrionic in it, but I still liked it. Because yeah. it was, you know, something I'd never heard before. Well, you have so to I enjoy like emotion if you like uh, romantic era music. They Indeed. were crazy people. <laughs> yep. And number eight comes from episode 18, uh, Modernist Martini. <laughs> what a <laughs> great title. title. Yeah, great title. And More uh, people so this, should have downloaded that. This is my other orchestral pick, the uh, Zimlinski. Oh, wow. I'm surprised yeah. by this. Wow. Royal, this is DC Jungfrau, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. The Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra, uh, Vasily Petrenko, and this is on the Onyx label. Uh, uh -huh. I thought uh, this was a great uh, sounding recording, and I didn't know Zemlinsky's music. Uh, I don't think I had listened to it before this. And uh, so I thought it's a, a a great sounding recording that lets you hear all the parts of the orchestra. Uh, lots of nice uh, big brass and uh, really good performance of something new for me. So uh, I, I enjoyed, uh, I think, uh, you know, 
researching the music a bit. I think Zemlinsky sort of fell between the gaps a bit with getting his music uh, notoriety. Uh, right. But I think it's as good as, you know, a lot of the other composers of that period. And uh, Mahler, this is a really right, great that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. really great performance, I thought. So, yeah, it was a, it was a real find. And the other work on that was, um, oh, who was it? Schrecker, Franz Schrecker. Schrecker yeah. 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 And, was, uh, yeah. yeah, birth, the, uh, what is it? Birthday of the Infants Infanta or something like that. Yeah, the Infanta, oh. the, uh, prin the, uh, Spanish princess, I the guess. The Infantin or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, you know, that's well done as well, too. There's lots of contrasts, uh, playful. Uh, it, what I liked about this whole recording, the, the full palette of the rich tones of the orchestra is really enjoyable. It's it's a real ear fest, ear feast right. here. It and is. And huge orchestral sounds. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was my other orchestral, full orchestral pick that I enjoyed a lot. Okay. All right. Uh, two more. Number nine, episode 29, Europa, Europa. Oh. And I couldn't... Uh, have a list from this year without someone who I've listened to a lot, and that would be uh, Vikinger Olafsson. Yes, and this so, is my number two. Okay, yeah. Yeah, this Mozart is a great recording. and contemporaries. So yeah. uh, uh, the playing is here is great. You know, you know, you'll know the Mozart pieces, but I had not heard uh, some of the other stuff on here, the Galuppi. Right. Uh, you know, so that was new. And... Uh, and he stitches this together with Mozart, Galuppi, uh, Cimarosa. There's a little Haydn in there too. Uh, the program programming is great. He's really good because if you've heard his uh, what is it? Uh, um, yeah, basically uh, anything else he's released. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but uh, the what the Debussy the, one, Debussy the, and um, yeah. what is and it? Rameau. Rameau. Yeah, that was a great sandwiching those too. together. Uh, he's got a knack for interesting programming too. That comes together here, uh, but the playing is uh, yeah great. And uh, not so. only that, now he's he's really unique as a pianist as well. His whole sound. Oh yeah, the way he pulls is, the sound out is amazing. Right, he kind of he plays a lot of like staccato as part of his style. But the whole profile he gives the music is really unique. You, you, it's not like he has a sound that's easily identifiable, but he does have a playing style that I think I might be able to identify um, mm. in a lot of cases if I didn't know who it was. Yeah. yeah. yeah the it's more the I listen style, to not him, the sound. Yeah, the but, more I listen to the way he, he plays, the more I feel like, oh, you know, I, I get a, a uh, feeling for his personal sort of a touch and uh, right. the way that he attacks things. Yeah, and I remember this recording um, ended on a really dark note, like the end of it really went into some yeah. uh, black hole or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of Mozart's more darker music, and he ended like that. It kind of left right. us without a, without respite, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I think, you know, whatever he does is going to be great. Uh, yeah, we tried. We tried you know, to interview him, but uh, his agent didn't answer us. Yeah. So, oh, well. we're still we're still interested in talking to him if Maybe he's listening. We have to wait till they thaw out up in Iceland. Yeah, we'll see. Wherever you know, well, he, I don't think he lives there. He might be in London. Whatever. I guess. I don't know. Okay, and so number ten, my last classical pick from episode thirty-six, "Mirror, Mirror." How Ooh. could I not pick <laughs> one of these? Uh, Renitsky Orchestra Works Volume Three. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. I was gonna. I. I. I made. I made a special note at the end to mention this simply because this has been such a big influence on us for, for the whole yeah. year. 
So, yeah, I mean, Bizarro, as as I said, Mike has picked most of the classical music, but I picked Ranitsky 1 because he I did. saw it. Yeah. And I said, what's that? Never heard of that. And I listened to it. I said, oh, it's kind of interesting. How could I not have heard of this? And uh, I said, you know, to Mike, have you heard of this, uh, Ranitsky? He hadn't heard of, of Ranitsky either. So we listened to it. And that set off a chain of events uh, being contacted. In, in, in which I kind of found fault with the uh, performances on the very first <laughs> album. And that led to um, Bernard to write to us. And Daniel. kind of like Daniel oh, Bernardson. Oh, no, it was Daniel Bernardson. Sorry, yeah. Daniel. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Daniel <laughs> anyway. Bernardson to write to us. And then we wound up interviewing them and the getting yeah. into this series. So it turned out to be a good thing. So. The moral of the story is complain about things and good things will come out of it. Yeah, so the um, <laughs> the foremost Renitsky scholar and mad scientist of Renitsky, uh, Daniel Bernardson, who wrote the album Daniel. notes uh, and found a lot of these scores. Uh, and Mario, don't, don't forget quest. him. Yeah, well, yeah. he contacted us uh, yeah. since I think Daniel maybe we did. were the yeah. first one of the first ones to talk about uh, yeah. Volume 1 when it came out. And... Uh, yeah, we were excited to hear from him, and we suggested an interview. Yeah, I think he he felt like he had to answer what I had said on that <laughs> podcast. Be. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think you called it, it a, a matter of fact performance or something. Yeah, like I thought that. it was kind of matter but of fact. At anyway, the time. how do you record? How do you interpret something that no one's recorded before? Um, that, but I did mention that. I did yeah, give yeah. him that caveat. I said, well, you know, there's no you know real uh, performing In, history anyway, of these works. So Daniel was kind enough to not only. Uh, have an interview, interview, but he got the uh, wonderful uh, conductor of these works, uh, Marek Stilitz, to uh, join the interview. Yeah, and so we got his great. perspective on, uh, you know, the music of uh, this region and uh, historical things. Uh, so if you haven't heard uh, Runitsky's music, contemporary of Mozart and somehow unjustly uh, not remembered for his greatness over time, but being rediscovered, um, you can check out, uh, we've done, we've talked about all three of the recordings and you can check out our interview, uh, Renitskily Yours, as a special episode <laughs> on the Adult Music Podcast. Yeah, that title actually came from Daniel himself because yeah, he signed his how... email, Renitskily Yours, so we just lifted that from his, that's um, right. from his letter. Yeah. And, uh, but... Uh, so we've heard all three, and I think we both agreed that Volume Three was yes. uh, somehow the most inspired and energetic. Uh, it was not matter of fact at all. Yeah, it was actually no, this, quite this, energetic. Although they were all recorded in, a, you know, yeah. over a similar uh, schedule. Uh, I don't know yeah. what it is, but this is the Symphony in D Major, uh, sort of uh, the chase. Uh, it's sort of like a hunting right. kind of inspired thing. A Symphony in C Major. And uh, there's an overture on there, too. Uh, if you like classical period music, uh, Mozart, Haydn, uh, you're going to like this music. And Ranitsky has a lot of uh, unique sort of uh, surprises in his music, uh, some humor in there, uh, lots of different uh, sort of directions that his music goes in. It's, you know, it's fun, uh, interesting and uh, this this album's got like an uplifting spirit and lots of motion in it too. Uh, right. So I can uh, definitely say this is one great discovery this year uh, that we made and we got to hear all of these new releases and there's going to be more. These are on the Naxos label, uh, by yeah. the way. And yeah, to think that if uh, Daniel hadn't um, 
contacted us, we might not have gone on with the series. Yeah. So he's uh, done quite well with the, uh, you know, with promoting, you know, his uh, his project. And we want right. to just give him a, a shout out for that. Thank yeah. thanks so much, Daniel. Yeah, You've like enriched our musical lives uh, of us and hopefully of the uh, adult music uh, podcast yeah. listeners as well. Give us more Renitsky. Yeah, we're ready. Okay, that's so it. that's my classical list. There it is. Now, one thing I'm a little surprised you didn't pick because I know we loved this when we heard it was another record that I've already mentioned from Boats episode six, Boats, Scooters, Turtlenecks, Music, French Duets by uh, Paul Lewis and Stephen Osborne, uh, both on pianos. This was just such beautiful playing, um, almost two pianists with one mind. Yeah, of yeah. These French um, uh, works for piano duet. Now, it's not a... Yeah, actually, these are one piano, four hands, I'm pretty sure, um, by Faure. I, don't, I didn't actually list who the composers were, but we were just... In, it, these are all works that I grew up with, pretty much. Like, I think mm-hmm. um, they did um, Debussy's Petite Suite and Faure's um, Dali Suite. And right. It, it was just really beautiful playing all the way through. I really love this one. It's and a nice uh, one. Now, in my case, I want to say um, my lists. Uh, my list wasn't in order of preference either, but I did have a top three, and they were Settecento by La Serenissima, right. Mozart and Contemporaries by Vikingur Olafsson, and okay. this one, French Duets by Paul okay. Lewis and Stephen Osborne. Those are my three favorite classical recordings of the year. Number four, I knew Russ wasn't going to pick this one, so I absolutely had to. Passione by Freddie Di Tommaso oh, and the no. London Philharmonic. <laughs> That was not the response I was hoping for. Um, and, and the London Philharmonic Orchestra, um, conducted by Renato Balsadonna. What a great name. I think you uh, need some from, uh, Italian uh, blood in your veins to yeah, that's, pick this Well, one. that's pretty yeah. much what it was. This really turned me on. This is from episode 16, Split Nationalities. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this is just, it's just the whole, like, the way he... He's got this really passionate approach, kind of recalled Franco Corelli and Mario Lanza, who I heard when I was much younger. And I was just kind of excited to know that there's a tenor out there. Because the, now he's 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 actually British. He's a, he's Italian British. He's Eng, he's born in London, I'm pretty sure. But um, does Italian, he speak with it a British accent? I doubt it. <laughs> well, he not. probably does when he speaks I English. But but. <laughs> The thing is, since Pavarotti, there really haven't been any great Italian tenors. Andrea Bocelli, but he's not really a, a classical singer. You know, he um, he's more of a pop singer, and uh, I think a lot of um, a lot of um, talent today in Italy goes into pop music, which is fine for them. I guess there's more money in that, but yeah, the, we don't really have a great Italian singer at the moment, and that's, it was just nice to hear this. That there'd be someone uh, who's in the Italian style, but at least British. Not only is he like. In the Italian style, but he, it, it's just a ver, a type of Italian singing. Like I said, the Franco Corelli, Mario Lanza style, with this real animal passion to it um, that's um, coming back. And I'm really looking forward to um, hearing more from him. This recording had a lot of um, you know, Neapolitan songs on it and that sort of thing. And they really just go straight to my heart. I really love this. Okay, that's on the DECA label, by the way. So if you're interested in anything I've said, <laughs> please check that out. All right, the next one um, was The Visionaries of Piano Music, works by John Bull and William Byrd. This is by the uh, 
pianist and composer Kit Armstrong, and from episode 32, Trios of Trios and Visionaries. The thing that this is, these are two Baroque era composers, and what struck me about this was Armstrong's playing. He's a composer, and he has like a real insight into how the music is constructed, as most composers do. And when he plays the piano, he's he just brings out an expression in these works that just an ordinary harpsichordist or pianist really wouldn't think of. And I just found this really fascinating. Not only that, it's a double album, so there's a lot of music on this record. It was just really fantastic. I never really thought of John Bull's or mm. William Byrd's piano, you know, keyboard music as being, you know, exceptionally interesting, but it turns out that it is. So this really changed my mind about these uh, composers' music, and I would like to encourage people to hear this. Um, this is on the uh, Deutsche Grammophon label. Okay, now, Russ didn't mention any um, contemporary composers, and I've got uh, two of them. Uh, the next one is uh, one that I know Russ liked a lot, uh, Petrus Vasque's Oboe Concerto. Oh, yeah, this um, is a good one. This was a really good one. This really struck us. Um, Albrecht Meyer on the oboe, and... Uh, this also has, um, I think, it had two orchestra works. So it would have a, I don't remember. No. Okay. But this was on episode 32, Trios of Trios and Visionaries. This is, it's, the oboe kind of invites like pastoral type. Yeah, this really gets mm. that quality. Uh, yeah. And, you know, sort of uh, for all it's worth out of the oboe, all the sort of, you know, scenes that it evokes. You know, if you right. think of, you know, Grieg or something and, and the sort of, uh, you know, like morning mist type of uh, kind of <laughs> uh, thing, this is this really, you know, brings all of that out, I think. Yeah, the whole album was pretty fantastic, not just the oboe concerto. And um, it's he's a contemporary composer from uh, Latvia. And I highly recommend that everybody hear this if you're not, if you think you're not going to like contemporary music, please give this a listen. I think you will like it a lot. Okay, another album that was a major wow for me was um, Ligeti Etudes, played by Danny Driver on the Hyperion label. This was episode seven, Soaring Sopranos and Omnipotent Organs. And uh, Ligeti's, this, I was kind of excited by this because I do like these works, but to have them all on one CD and played on one album because uh, they were all like scattered like before that and to have them played so well um, these very difficult works played so well and beautifully recorded as they are here um, really excited me I don't know that this will be for everyone it's it's kind of um, you know Ligeti was really a 20th century uh, composer and uh, recorded it's, it's sort of intellectual I guess we could say but um, I really enjoyed the uh, piano playing and just the music on this disc, I found it very inventive and was pretty astounded by the uh, the playing. These sound like highly, highly virtuosic works. Okay, my second uh, contemporary composer, Ligeti, is a 20th century composer, but he he he's dead now, so he doesn't count anymore as a contemporary composer. So my next pick was uh, Sofia Gubaidulina. Um, we just recently did this one on episode 38 in the Funhouse. Um, which I noticed got a lot of downloads recently. I'm kind of wondering <laughs> what that was all about. <laughs> you know, people suddenly discovered that episode. But this is her, um, an album of um, her um, orchestral works, uh, Dialogue Ich und Du, 
uh, The Wrath of God and The Light of the End. So they're three works that deal with spirituality. Uh, they're big, beautifully recorded. And this is an album with a wide dynamic range. There's some pummeling percussion on this record. It's not it's not difficult music, but it's, it is a bit dense. It's kind of hard to, you know, you're going to have to do some work to break it all down. But it's an exciting visceral recording. Um, this composer has always been just pursuing these um, spiritual, like, angles in her music. And uh, she's now an elder states woman, I guess you could say. 80 years, she's around 80 years old. And uh, just hopefully she'll have a lot more years of composing ahead of her because I really do. I don't know. Love isn't the right word, but I really am just always compelled by her music and uh, I hope there will be more recordings of even newer works that she's writing now I hope she's still writing more hmm. was it? I thought this was an interesting one uh, I didn't yeah. really feel that drawn to it but I found it interesting to listen to um, okay next I have Haydn 2032 volume 10 Les Heures du Jour and that's on the Alpha label um, this is um, Haydn's Symphony 6 through 8 which are um, titled uh, Matin, Après-midi, and uh, Soir. And there's one more work on that. Uh, this is from episode 24, Sea, Sun, Soil, Serenade, and Sax Summit. <laughs> Alliteration. I'm really glad we we started settling on shorter titles yes. recently. Yes. It's getting too much work to think of <laughs> this those. Is, yeah. yeah, these were, they were getting a little... Uh, yeah, a little hard to say, I guess. Anyway, Tom this Christos. one I liked because it's by um, Il Giardino Armonico, conducted by Giovanni Antonini, and I love that group. Now, I think on episode two, it might have been, or one of the early episodes that we did, volume nine of the series, and I thought it was really just beaten hard. Like, they really, they were very aggressive in the music. Mm-hmm. This one, they just found the perfect, um, in, on volume 10, Le Soir du Jour, they found the uh, perfect uh, tempo and approach here. And it's just a beautiful recording of these three works. You really couldn't find better interpretations of these three Haydn symphonies. Next, I have La Famille Rameau, um, Justin Taylor, Harpsichord. This is Baroque-era works by uh, all of the Rameaus, not just uh, Jean-Philippe, the, the really famous Rameau. And uh, this is from episode 16, Split Nationalities. Um, I, yeah, I thought this was, um, just Justin Taylor. I've heard his other recordings too, and I really love his harpsichord playing. He gets a, a really enchanting sound out of the instrument. It's not really recorded very like hard and up close, although it is close, like all harpsichords have to be, but he's got this, um, sensitive uh, way of playing that really appeals to me. And I thought this, this recording was, um, of French music, which is really all about, Tambor, as I've mentioned on several episodes, was exceptionally good. And uh, if you like the harpsichord at all, you really need to hear this. I like this one, too. This is a good one. Okay, a few more. Um, th- that's really it for my top ten list, but I just made a f- I had a few more just to mention. I really liked the uh, Sebastian Fagerlund um, um, album. He's a Finnish composer. Uh, mm-hmm. Nomad and Water Atlas. These are orchestra works. This was on episode 34, Big Band Booze Up. A new composer that uh, whose music is pretty enchanting and uh, worth uh, discovering. Check that out. I felt like I had to mention the Arvel Pert recording Tabula Rasa by uh, uh, Renaud Capuçon, conducting and playing the violin from episode 32, Trios of Trios and Visionaries. I've heard these works so many times, and uh, 
this didn't make my top 10 simply because of that but it's a great performance set of performances and recordings and if you're new to Parrot's music this is a great place to start so check that out um, I want to make a mention of Nino Rota chamber music on the Alpha label from episode 30, Guitar Monks. We think of Nino Rota as a film composer, uh, the Godfather theme and uh, all those Fellini movies. But uh, this is his uh, concert music, uh, chamber music. And it's just, um, it's got a lot of joy in it and a lot of like these fan- these really upbeat rhythms. And it's, um, it's you know, it's, um, it's, it's... It's hard to explain. It was just it was cheerful, but it had like real content in it as well. And I, I like that. that one too because yeah. you don't know. I mean, you get this feeling with a you know someone who's known as a film composer right. that you know they're like the ultimate sort of uh, program music person. You know, it's like give me a scene. You know, like it was a dark night and the stars on the horizon, <laughs> and then they they're gonna you know paint that picture for you. You know, or mm. something like that. But this really showed. You know, a real artistic style, uh, you know, divorced from some sort of uh, visual medium that uh, Rota had. And I think he was really versatile and could do a lot of uh, different things. So this, I found this one, you know, surprising uh, that, you know, the, the works I associate with him. And then when I listened to this, I was like, oh, you know, you would have never known that he could, you know, do all these different things uh, so well. Yeah, and the last one I mentioned here was uh, Iridescence by Anton- Antonella Cicozzi on the harp. Now, this is this is music by um, the composer uh, Salzedo, and we heard him on the Christmas episode because he had arranged a lot of the uh, traditional Christmas songs on that. This is an album of his original works, and they were they were quite a find. They were really beautiful. He was a 20th century composer, and they're well recorded here. This is on the Stradivarius label. And we talked about this on episode 21, Solo Power. Hmm. So this is our my big harp <laughs> recommendation of the year. I think it was, was it Carlos Salzedo? I forget. The Salzedo. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe his name is Carlos. But he was, um, he was French, <laughs> despite his name. Hmm. Carlos. <laughs> and that just goes to show you why he writes so well for the harp. The French are, without a doubt, the best recorded, the best composers for the harp. It's that timbral ability that they have. Right. And uh, this is a beautiful record, Iridescence. Give that a listen to. And that's it for classical music. All right. Well, we had some overlap there. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I was surprised by um, some of your picks, though the Beethoven yeah, I, Symphony Three, and uh, there's one other one I can't remember now. Like I said, I wanted to, you know, yeah, I wanted to get uh, some things that were completely new to me and that were surprising to me, but also a few things that, like the Beethoven, I just picked because you know I have probably have a half dozen recordings of that. When I heard this, it was like, oh, this is completely different from any interpretation I've heard yet, and it drew me into something that I knew. Uh, right. but maybe discover new things. So, you know, all those, that's what I think is great of, you know, expanding your listening with new things and, you know, pushing into things. You'll, you'll find some completely new things and then you also look again at things you thought you knew, but you didn't know them in this, you know, that they could be done in a, in a certain way or a different style. So, yeah, that was part of the enjoyment of it all for me. Right. And there we are. Okay, on right. to jazz. Jazz right? time. 
Here we go. It's jazz time. Now, I want to say something. I have a top 10, and then I have one shout-out that I want to give at the at the end right. because this one didn't make my – um, it, it might have been my number 11, but oh. I definitely wanted to mention it. Um, when I was making this list, I went through – and I kind of hon- I kind of I kind of wrote all the um, jazz albums I was listening to all year that I really enjoyed, and then I cut it down to ten. And then I looked at the list and I said, "Okay, I'm going to go with this list." And I looked at it and I remember we we did a lot of Italian um, musicians this year yeah. on the list, and none of them made my top ten. Can you oh. believe it? And that must be because it was such a great um, l- list of jazz recordings that we heard this year. Mm. Uh, I was kind of shocked by that. But um, oh, interesting. there you go. Now I'm intrigued. Now you're intrigued because you thought I was going to pick all the jazz ones. Or yeah, I thought you were going to pick Italians. all the goombas, you know. All the goombas like, uh, and then all the organ yeah, ones too, right? Yeah, I got Freddy right? Tomasi and I got, uh, you know. <laughs> well, Freddy, Freddy <laughs> Tomasi, was, that was yeah. special. Okay, that yeah, was okay. a good record. I Whatever like that a lot. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> Forget about it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right, now on this list again as – that was the case with Russ's list. This is not in a top 10, like in order of uh, preference, but my number one record was my number one record. Okay. So, and the rest of them are just the other ones I liked. Okay. They're not in right. in any specific order, but number one, and I'm going to guess that this was Russ's number one too. How could it be anything else? Uh, Mike Ladon, it's uh, all your fault. Well, it's in my list. Yeah. No, it's not your number one. Oh, well, I, like I didn't, okay. I don't have a number one, number one. But, okay. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, yeah. But yeah, the the thing is, it, it was we we both. It's it's on the Hammond organ, and Mike Ladon is a great Hammond organ player. It's yeah. a bit unique too because he's on the. Oh, this is from episode seventeen, Bach Bulgaria. Right. What did we say, Bavetsky? Hammond uh, B three and big band. Big band, yeah. <laughs> I have. Bavet, I don't know what that says here. Bach, Bavetsky, Bulgaria, yeah. Bavetsky, the sax player, yeah. Oh, Hammond B three and big band. Huh? He got a. He got a. He got in the title. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is on the Savant label. Um, it's all your fault. Um, it's also a big band uh, recording. So it's the only time Michael Don has played with the big band. And he's got, just got this really great soulful style. Yeah. Um, and the band sounds fantastic. And not only that, we got to talk to him too. So yeah. <laughs> that, that, that earned extra points for him. Okay. Yeah. We were really so if, excited by that. If you haven't heard that episode, Michael Don, it's all your fault interview uh, number, what is it? One actually, yeah, mm. first interview, yeah. So that was our fir- the that first out. interview we published, right? Yeah, published. Yeah, I remember when we when we talked to him too. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah he was he was a bit late. Okay, to yeah, come look, in. Well, we, we, we had we some have technical to, difficulties. We had technical difficulties, but we we yeah. have, we in Japan when we do these interviews with people in the United States, we have to stay up till like midnight and do yeah. it till two in the morning. Yeah. But we're happy to do that just happy simply because, you know, to just get to talk to yeah. these people. He was a great interview too. Yeah. Um, and this is a fantastic record. So be sure to hear it. It's really soulful and, you know, and uh, it's got that great big band kind oh, of sound yeah. too. Yep. Um, got to hear that one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Next, going up, Snorri oh, okay. Kirk Quartet. Did you pick this one? Yep. <laughs> That's on my list too. I yep. think it had to be. Yep. We we both really yep. love this one too. It's just swings like uh, a, yeah. like uh like nothing, like mm-hmm. nothing else. It was just fantastic. Uh yep. Snowy Kirk Quartet with Stephen Riley. Yep. This is from episode eight, Piazzola times two and European Jazz Review. Oh, clever rhyme there. Yeah, just the, the whole swing vibe yeah. of, of this record was just really exciting. It just felt 
fantastic. It's great. And he's such a, I mean, it's a drum leader. He doesn't take any drum solos. He's so <laughs> modest. He just keeps that great swing time. Uh, but the other players are fabulous. Uh, the Amer you got the American tenor, Stephen Riley. Um, and well, we heard a lot of uh, sort of uh, Scandinavian jazz this year. Yeah. Uh, but, and maybe they have their own kind of uh, style of jazz or interpretation of it. But this is just great swing music. Uh, right. And so I can recommend this one. Uh, check out Snowy Kirk's other releases uh, too. Uh, yeah, they're all good. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. I have all of them. Yeah, I've, I've bought a whole bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Blues Modernism. That's a fabulous he, one. And uh, right. he's Norwegian, right? I think he's. Is he? He's Scandinavian. Norwegian of some sort. born, but oh, now he lives active in Denmark. In Denmark. Yeah, okay. I think that was okay. it. Yeah. Right. But, um, okay. Yeah, he has a surprising, eerily uh, sort of resemblance to Anton LaVey, if you know that is. But don't I, let I that don't. put you off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, they forget I said that. <laughs> he has a really surprising resemblance to this other guy I've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not, to, not to insult Anton LaVey. I'm sure yeah. he's fantastic. I don't know. No. Goes in the no. <laughs> okay. No. Anyway, yeah, that great album there. Uh, so. Great album. Okay, those are yeah. Okay, number three, City of Sounds by Joe Farnsworth. Oh, on Smoke okay. Sessions, episode thirty-seven, Known Unknowns. Now, what I loved about this was, of course, um, Kenny Barron's um, just fantastic New York sparkle that he gives to his uh, piano playing on this record. It just really captivated me all the way through. Mm. Uh, so I just I just love this record. I actually been, have been listening to it quite a bit. Yeah. It's a recent, um, it's a recent release, actually. Yeah. And uh, Farnsworth is just like so, such a tight player, mm. um, you know, a masterful drummer. Um, even when he doesn't play a lot, he's right. playing <laughs> incredible stuff. Um, yeah, this is a really good, really good recording. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Pick. Yeah, he he's not. Yeah, he's not a. He doesn't really step out much as the drummer either. He really mm. lets Kenny Barron have all the uh, yeah. the spotlight. And, Ken, and it, Barron is playing in a in a specific style. Because we heard him on on other records this year, at least yes. one other record. He's and, very uh, he's, versatile. He's in a very different yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, and always classy. I mean, it's just yeah, like absolutely. You know, he has this sheen to his playing. He can make he could make any melody just sound like a million dollars. Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah, he's a, and he he especially has like I just I just love this. It just kind of yep. brought me back to uh, my hometown. Shall we New say New Yorker? New York. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next number four, not necessarily number four, but the fourth mm. pick. Uh, oh, I forgot how to pronounce this. Sinha by Albert Sanz and okay. Javier that, Colina. It's on my list too. <laughs> oh, good. I'm, yeah. kind of, I'm glad you didn't forget this one because no. it's really great. This is a great um, find. It's hard to find album though, I'll tell you. I don't think you can buy it on a CD. I've tried. I, I have it on a CD. Oh, do you? I haven't I been do. able to get it. Oh, Yeah, and this made me get his previous album, which also has a one-word title, mm. which I'm isn't coming to mind at the moment between these two. Um, um, this yeah, is from episode 25 from Mor Moravia through Scandinavia to Brazilian Sands. This one, um, you can find uh, their performance on YouTube, uh, uh, the live performance of this, which is just great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so it's I've piano, that, yeah. It's piano and bass. Right. And it's got that kind of, um, not samba, what am I thinking? Uh, bossa Nova. Yeah. 
kind of feel to it. And that's why this one kind of won out over the uh, Pietro Nunzi that we did on episode one, which I also All liked right. a lot. But that's, that's not on my too. list, sadly. And he switched, uh, the but, bass player switches off uh, to uh, accordion on this too, which is really yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a real, this is a real fine. Mm. I think it's Sina, I think, or Sina. Sina. Yeah. I forget how to pronounce Sina. it. I actually looked I, li- I looked it up at the time, and then for this episode, I didn't. I don't remember, because I, I, I always think I'm going to remember things. Oh, that's a good one. I, I always think I'm smart, but then I find out that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Number five, Street of Dreams, Bill Sharlap Trio. Uh, that's on, on my Blue list, too. <laughs> Oh wow! Well, am I <laughs> picking the all the same, same ones you picked? <laughs> so far, I think. Except I for thought the you Joe would have had to. Yeah. I think you would have had to pick the big band stuff. I don't know, but anyway, this is on episode forty, the Enigma of Time. Yeah, this was magical. Um, it's Charlap. He's not. He's he's not really playing in his uh, New York Sparkle kind of style here. Like Russ mentioned on the episode, there's a lot of space on this recording. It's it's a fairly yeah. sparse, quiet sort of. Um, you know, approach, and ah, I just, I was just really um, mesmerized by the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, really, really, be- it's not really his normal style though, but I really enjoyed it a lot. Yep, it's beautiful recording. All right, now the next one I'm pretty sure is not going to be on your list, but I Let's was see. actually captivated by this light blue Simon Chivayon. On my list. It is. It <laughs> yes, is. It is. Yeah. I'm amazed. Yep. Wow. I yep. thought I had a, a unique one here. Okay, episode 15, French Me Baby. Forqueray flute and French jazz. Um, yeah, I just loved his piano playing on this one. It's mm-hmm. it, it, it's a really kind of light touch, a French style. It had a lot of class. Um, I, I like this one a lot. Yeah. Uh, very interesting concept of rhythm. Everything's very rhythmic. He sort of has that sort of uh, inherited Vince Guaraldi type of. Uh, That's what I liked about yeah, it. Yeah, rhythm in his playing. That's where yeah. it took me. Yep. I'm surprised you picked that one, actually. Because there were so many. I had like a list of 20 jazz records, 25. I was like, oh man, I got to cut these down to 10. You know, looking back, I liked this one so much that I actually, this week, I hadn't. Um, well, I got a couple Christmas presents from relatives, but uh, my wife and I don't buy each other presents because we never like what we get each other. So we just say, <laughs> get whatever you want. So I thought there, you know, there wasn't much that I had. Uh, I, I bought myself some practical things that I wanted uh, around the house, but then I wanted something for pure enjoyment. So I said, well, let me go back and any albums that I haven't uh, bought, you know, because mm. one bad thing as a musician myself, I feel, you know, streaming doesn't do justice to the artists. Uh, either the revenue from streaming is just, you know, really small. Yeah, it's uh, not just that, but if you really love a record, yeah, I mean, you, you know, because I, um, you know, I, I go back to recordings that I bought like long ago just because they're on my shelf and I notice them or I think about them. But if you're doing streaming, like they're in a library in your smartphone right. or yeah and you just forget that they're there yeah. like and you don't yeah you don't hold on to them you forget about them you know but anyway of course nice i can't buy everything that i listen to and that we listen to but i so do what, try to though yeah, i know you do yeah <laughs> um and you know as i said leave it in the will to me but uh yeah um so, speaking of wills so somebody's got to send us money so i can keep my yeah. habit up because yeah. <laughs> this is getting expensive yeah but um you know, I can't 
by every possible thing, but I wanted to go back and then use, as we were preparing for this episode, uh, think about the things I enjoyed most and anything I hadn't purchased, I was going to buy it. And Light Blue was one of those. So now I yeah, do have I've a got copy of too. it. Yeah, so. This is a great yeah. record. Please yeah. hear it. Simon yeah. Chivalion, he's a French pianist and uh, yeah, really beautiful yeah. playing. And there's some interesting stuff other than his original compositions, which are really good. There's also... Uh, uh, what do we have? Uh, George Harrison tune on there, and yeah. then uh, yeah, uh, uh, what is it? La Mer, and uh, yeah, nice, nice selection of material as well. Yeah, I certainly hope that everybody who heard our um, second most popular episode fifteen French Me Baby, yeah, bought this album or at least heard it because it's really check good. It out. Yeah, number seven, Homeward Bound. Jonathan Blake. Okay. This one's not on, on my list, but I like okay. it. Okay. Blue Note Label. Yeah, this is episode 37, Known Unknowns. This is a recent one. And I don't remember. I, I just remember just really just liking this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't really have any. It has a real arc to the journey on this one. Yeah. Right. I liked, yeah. And this is his debut as a leader, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah. Homeward Bound. I like this one a lot, too. Okay. Um, number eight. Side Eye NYC, um, 6.4, Pat Metheny. I don't know how do you say that title. I love Pat Metheny. Um, this is such uplifting music, um, as is always the case with him. Um, he's in fine form here, and so is the whole band. They just soar throughout this entire recording. This is from episode 30, Guitar Monks. It's on the Modern Modern Recordings label. Anyway, a real... Um, a real, you know, dose of um, positivity in this um, rather negative uh, year that we've been living in. This one had Up, um, very uplifting. Some new things, and then like revisiting some of his, you know, back to his first album. Even I think uh, mm. of of music, and and then it was only a trio. I think that's on here, but it sounds like a huge ensemble. Uh, they yeah. create this massive uh, sort of, you know structure of different sounds uh it's a real uh multi-layered kind of uh uh effect that you get just from three musicians yeah yeah this i yeah this was really uplifting mm -hmm. for me all right number nine tough baritones oh okay how could you miss how could you miss this, this was great ronnie cooper gary smullion on the steeplechase <laughs> label it's a, it's a fun album yeah it is fun. It's two baritone saxes, and I just like that sound, that really low, reedy uh, sound. This is from episode five, Grammy Review and Back to the New. Mm. Uh, I remember we did the uh, gr the Grammy Awards. Uh, we went through the whole jazz list on yeah. that one. <laughs> well, this is what's great about this. I mean, you know. I, th I think we'll do that. We're not going to do a Grammy, special Grammy no, episode, but we'll talk about the winners, I think. We'll talk about the winners. Talk about the winners and, mm. you know, the, and all the poor nominees. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think the nominations were good, but there were other recordings that just, mm. you know, it's just the same people every year, yep. which kind of bugs me. Yeah, but this one's great because um, these are two of the most awesome baritone players. You, you don't get to hear enough baritone. I mean, That's you what I would two, have said, yeah. yeah you two great players together, and uh, the, the, the tune selection is really fun, and uh, mm. just swing hard and uh, ballsy playing. Uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. 
Yeah. Um, it, it, again, the the baritone sax is, is a sound we need to hear more of. And yeah, it was a fun album. I, I think yep. I think the key word for me this year was, um, you know, in jazz anyway, was fun. I really mm. just wanted to be be uplifted yep. in this um, very odd time. Uh, one way to do achieve, another way to achieve that would be just to stay off the internet. Yes, yeah, <laughs> or, or social media. Or off anyway, social yeah. media anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Indeed. But uh, if you can't do that, at least have this music playing. It'll yep. kind of keep you in a good place. Okay. And my last jazz pick. Now, please, there's going to be a shout out after this. So, number ten, trio: John Patitucci, Vinnie Colaiuta, Bill Cunliffe. Again, oh, yeah. also from episode five, Grammy Review and Back to the New. I just thought the playing on this record was fantastic. It was really catchy. I, yep. I love the virtuosity of all of the players. They interacted exceptionally well together. And this was just a really thrilling jazz record for me. If I remember, that this was one that was quite spontaneous. I don't think they had hardly any rehearsal or anything. They just decided on the material and then they let it let it rip and captured what they did uh, spontaneously. And yeah. uh, that interaction really comes through. Yeah, Cunliffe's a great uh, pianist. And of course, you know, yeah, Patitucci, uh, amazing too. This is a, yeah, this is a good one, right? I, I remember I wanted, I instantly wanted a CD of this and uh, I thought there were only MP3s available, but a listener actually wrote to us and told That's us, right. oh, you yeah. can get the uh, CD from there. I guess they have a Bandcamp account, but I did get yep. the CD. Oh, you got it. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I have it. And I'm very happy to have it as well. And I also have the, uh, the, um, the Sinha uh, oh, CD yeah. too, which I'm very pleased about I too. I tried to get that. I'll, I'll have to try again. It yeah. exists. I mean, you might have, try Bandcamp. Look at okay. I, it. Might be there. I'm not sure. Yeah. I've got Sampa as well. Their earlier album, right? Which, yeah. which I, I think Sinha is better, the better one mm. actually. But um, they're both good. Okay, just one more, one shout out. I didn't mention any Italians on here, but I wanted to give a shout yeah. out to a record I really enjoyed, uh, Vesuviana by Bruno D'Ambra. We had to, we had to mention him. This was a great record. It was really appealing playing. Hey, and, um and he also wrote to us several times. Yeah. Um, he, when we reviewed the, because uh, I bought the CD from his website, and um, I, I wound up kind of talking, you know, writing to him for some reason. I don't remember why, but um, I mentioned that we, um, oh, that we, um, that we talked about this um, album on the podcast. This is episode twenty-six. French me again, baby. Um, yeah, it was the, the only. Good, it was the only it was Italian the only on the French episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only non-French uh, album on that episode. And this is on the Records DK2 label. Now, you can get this on Bandcamp if you want to get a CD, but you can also stream it as well. And he actually wrote – he was very kind. He, he He's based in London, and he wrote to us uh, explaining what the, um, all of the tunes were all about because we had kind of – contemplated on the on the episode what we thought they were about and uh he set us straight on a few of those and he was he was just a really nice guy we really yeah, enjoyed uh and he sent us the, free the record CD. and talking to him CD and i really too, want yeah. yeah he said no yeah he sent me uh two cds for the price of one one yeah. one of them of course went to russ um because he had because he knew we had talked about him on the uh such a the deal podcast <laughs> Yeah, he was, he's one. just fantastic. Yeah, he was uh, – so we want to – I want to – Vesuviana, please give that a listen too. And uh, That was on my list. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was on your list too? Not because it was free, but because I liked it. <laughs> I liked I it a lot. I found it. just it, didn't yeah. get in the top 10 somehow. I couldn't – you know, I could have put it in later, hey. but I said, no, I'm going to stick with what I have. Try but again I, next I wanted year. to mention him. Yeah. He's my number 11. All right. 
You think you think you think a woman would date me if I said she was my number eleven? Yeah, definitely. That's what t- <laughs> the competition turns them on. You know. Well, they're all learning it. Yeah, the competition they're all lining up, on. right? You look at them. I see them all. <laughs> there they in are the outside. There. They're all lined it's up your door. They look pretty cold. <laughs> I don't know. Out, you know, out in the winter snow. My wife told me something about the time I wore a Santa suit. So yeah. maybe when they see you in that Santa hat. Oh, it'll just. Oh, uh, the picture we took a photo on yeah, the Christmas yeah. out. Uh, you can see what we look like. So if you we want to probably see what, do video a video one day. I don't know, well, but um, on you know, YouTube as or something. Say, but uh, voice for uh, what is it? A face for radio and a voice for print. Um. <laughs> you know, my brother actually wrote to to wrote to me, and he said that he saw the photo, and he neither of us look like he imagined we looked, and he knows what I look like. So yeah, I don't know what that was supposed to mean. <laughs> I don't know. It's it was pretty deep. Does that it does is. that mean I'm more handsome than he imagined, or that well, he likes your voice. He likes my voice. Okay. He does. I don't like know if voice. I like that idea either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. I do know he's a happily married man, though. So. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah, that's mm. good. He's doing better than. Well, never mind. He's doing better than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't agree. I am a single man. And I'm quite happy to be that way, let me just say. Hey, if you're single, your pockets will jingle. That's what my grandpa used to say. <laughs> At least you can buy lots of CDs, right? That's true, yeah. <laughs> I won't be thrown out of the house, yeah. you know. I, I often think that I wouldn't own as many CDs as I do if I were married. Yeah. Or at least I'd be divorced by now and paying alimony, could you know, be. that I well, could I be a, buying CDs with. So there you go. I have a very understanding missus and... Part yeah. of my music, uh, sort you of, married uh, well. Addiction, yeah, is is we, which part we of can't my say for everybody. We no, know. you can't. Uh. We can't say that for most of the people we know. But <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, we've got a big overlap in the jazz here. Uh, we do, huh? Let's see. But uh, I've got a few that you haven't picked up, but I know you like as much as I do. I like uh, so many. I've got of a these. longer list here. I've got 17, so I'll just rattle them well, off. Well, yeah, that's but did you mention yeah. I want to I want to ask do you have Joe Alderman on there? Yes, I do. Yeah, I I, do. I loved that record yeah. so much. Well, yeah, let's that's get a good to one. it. We'll I'll, I'll talk it. about it when you get to it. Okay, okay number one, on. I know you like this one too. It's from episode 6, Boats, Scooters, Turtlenecks, Music, uh Tone Poem, Charles Lloyd and the Marvels. Oh, yes. I love yeah. Charles Lloyd in general. I got to uh, listen to that again. See, I haven't been yeah. listening to that, and I really do need to get back to it. This is a it. great one. I like this one. Uh, there are a few of their previous recordings had vocalists on them, and uh, not to say anything bad about them, but this one is just all instrumental, and I thought the focus is better. Um, Bill Frisell, he lays his uh, sort of stylistic him. imprint on anything that he's part of. Uh, although this was recorded over several years, uh, it's really cohesive. Uh, you got some Lloyd originals, but there's Ornette Coleman, uh, Monk tunes, uh, a nice mix here. Uh, really great recording, great flute playing by uh, Charles Lloyd too. Yeah, Lloyd uh, is an elder statesman of jazz. So I think he's he's in his 80s now, and he's still really going strong. He sounds great, right. and uh, he's another one of these sort of, um, I guess, spiritual type players, you can say. And I think mm-hmm. you, you kind of pick that up from his. Yep. His whole approach and tone, and I just really appreciate that a lot from him. Yep. And of course, Bill Frisell, who I always love to hear. Yeah, uh, really nice recording. Uh, number two, from episode seven, Soaring Sopranos and on Omnipotent, Omnipotent, let me get that out, Omnipotent 
organs. Omnipotent. I told you so. Delvon Lamar organ trio. Did I not choose that? You didn't. Oh, man. But, uh, this How is, did uh, I leave that out? I don't know. Uh, this is a great <laughs> album. It's not... It's um, soul jazz. This is um, groove. It's all about the groove. Uh, I think it's because I was questioning whether this could qualify as jazz or not, because it kind of sounds more yeah. like like a like an instrumental funk album. Yeah, it's funky jazz yeah. soul. Uh, it's hard to classify. I don't think uh, Lamar would want to classify it. Um, it's all about groove. Uh, he does solo a bit. He's got Jimmy James on guitar, who's just incredibly like you know funky guitar playing. Uh, it's like soul jazz of the seventies. This is a great album. I just read an yeah. interview with him about this album too, and uh, it's what's great is they record this, uh, you know, all together, uh, no headphones, and uh -huh. uh, they don't do any re overdubs or anything. It's yeah, warts and all, mistakes and everything. They want to capture that groove and vibe, uh, and yet you, this one is going to put you in a good mood at any time. Uh, it's funky, of, yeah, funky. Yeah. Uh, just great music. I listen to this all the time when I walk. A lot of times I walk to work and- I actually just heard this again this week. Yeah. If <laughs> I want to get that, you know, beat in my step and get my, you know, something, a little bit of a hitch in my neck movement when I'm walking, I put this on and then- Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, uh, yeah, it's, it's jazz. It's jazz that anyone would like because it's so infectious because of the grooves that uh, even people who don't, you know, like jazz or whatever are going to like this. Uh, and you've got that, I think he's got like a 1972 Hammond B3 yeah. that he plays. Uh, yeah, great. And James's guitar playing is just the most, it's funky. It's got, you can like taste the bacon grease uh, on all of his licks. <laughs> it's that kind of, you know, real dirty guitar. It's great. Yeah, you got to hear this one. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm surprised this didn't get on my list because I, I had it kind of like... Yeah listed somewhere and then i just i guess i just didn't pick it at the end yeah. like it you know i don't know um so number three as your pick going up snow day kirk we yeah. already talked about that um, could, couldn't it could yeah, miss that gotta have that one uh number four uh from episode 11 as you thought i would pick the big bands so killer bees bach busoni bruckner and big ben uh kinetic uh, Stephen Feifke, yeah, big band. I like this one a lot too. Outside and I said, music. I, I said, I bet Russell picked this one. Yeah, yeah so Stephen Feifke's big band. Uh, all these young players. Their the arrangements are great. Uh, the the kids are on fire. Uh, really good. And we've got um, uh, what's her name on uh, Veronica Swift on vocals here right, too. On vocals. And we and we really liked her vocals as yeah, well. Yeah, her vocals like are really good here. Yeah. Five Keys Piano playing is, is nice. We've got a mixture of ballads. Uh, great big band album. Uh, check it out. We also reviewed uh, Prologue, the recording mm. that came out after this, but I believe it was recorded before that. I don't know. It's hard to keep track with these digital releases and whatnot, but really nice big band stuff. And he's got the Christmas uh, big band album that has a updated version. We didn't feature it because it was actually came out a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah, uh, he's really doing a lot of big band stuff. It's exciting. Great arrangements. Check it out. Uh, number five from episode 13, get a sax pack with our Renaissance workout. Um <laughs> One of our better titles, yeah. I think. <laughs> Vincent Herring, uh, preaching to the choir on Smoke Session Records. Uh, Boy, I don't even remember great, this one. Man, great, I got to listen to this again. <laughs> yeah, great album. Uh, Vincent Herring's like one of the most 
you know, charged up uh, uh, alto sax players uh, out mm. there today on Smoke Session Records. Uh, it's got Cyrus Chestnut on piano, on uh, uh, Yasushi Nakamura on bass, and Jonathan Blake on drums on this one. Uh, you know, Vincent Herring really channels Cannonball Adderley in his playing uh, that yeah, really kind of intense rhythmic and bluesy approach. Uh, a lot of great tunes on here, including uh, he can take something cheesy or what I remember as cheesy Lionel Richie's Hello and make it, uh, you know. <laughs> I remember can, now. Okay, yeah, he can, I'm he can make it this. good. But uh, some other really good stuff. Uh, it's got a Cedar Walton tune, uh, Ojo Sted Ojo, uh, West Montgomery's Fried Pies, uh, uh, Cyrus Chestnut, and a really nice... Uh, Arrangement of Ellington's In a Sentimental Mood. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to give this another listen. Yeah, I check it out. He just reminded me of yeah, it. He's um, got, I remember Hello, and I have to well, put this in my device he, and hear he it. He shows up on another recording on my top 10, too. It's just a searing, you know, intense, on cranked up to 11 alto that, uh, yeah, it's just great stuff. So uh, that's what my number five, number five, excuse me, number six, Light Boo. Light blue, uh, Simone, Simone Chival- uh, Chival- yeah. as we this talked great. about. Yeah. Uh, yep, as a new artist that uh, I happened upon and uh, was really pleased to find that. Uh, and then uh, seven, It's All Your Fault. Uh, ah, Michael Adam, that, so good. Uh, as you talked about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm. Number eight, uh, I have to mention this because uh, another artist that... Uh, I was really pleased to hear more of Art Hirahara's Open Sky. Oh, okay. I remember this one. On Positone. Uh, He's a New York-based jazz pianist. He has a really nice uh, style. Uh, This is his sixth release on Positone. Uh, Also with another play we've heard a few times on the podcast uh, with Dave Kikoski as well, Boris Kozlov on bass. Um, And uh, we've got some vibraphone on here. Nicole Glover guests on sax and we heard her release too uh, yeah. and we also heard Hirahara on Alex Sipiagin's uh, The Trumpet Players Upstream too and uh, he's a you know one of these uh, next generation uh, pianists who I think has a unique style always an uplifting approach his own compositions are good uh, and uh, I want, really want to hear more of him and I thought this was another uh, fine outing from him uh, as well Let's see, that was uh, number eight then. Okay, number nine. Hmm. Uh, okay, I had to pick a vocalist. Uh, we did ah, a few vocal recordings. Huh? So yeah. this is going to be Samara Joy. Ah, uh, so good. This, yeah. yeah, the self-titled like uh, uh, release from episode 23, Something Old, Something New, Clarinet and Piano, Jazz Vocals 2. Good uh, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's... I'm really picky with my vocalists, uh, and uh, this is a new voice that has all of that sort of youthful kind of uh, innocence and joy, uh, but also direct connections to the past uh, in her voice. And uh, she does it right coming out with a debut album in that uh, she does all of the standards uh, here. And we've got, you know... Uh, Hoagy Carmichael, uh, you know, Stardust, Everything Happens to Me, uh, 
Let's Dream in the Moonlight, uh, all these great tunes, uh, just a pure joy in her voice and uh, the discovery, uh, the youth that comes through. I was really, she's well named. Yeah. Yeah. I was really, you know, I felt like so much freshness coming out of this uh, recording. Uh, yeah. And, so, and as a special bonus, she's got uh, Pasquale Grasso on uh, guitar, doesn't yeah. she? It was great yeah. to listen to. He's a bit too busy here. Because well, I, think got, I remember on the first track, I thought he was kind of like uh, stealing the spotlight. But I thought once yeah. the well, ensemble came in, he was okay. He's got those he spider-like fingers, I mean, that just yeah. move everywhere over the fretboard. Uh, yeah. And we actually reviewed his uh, one of his recordings uh, right. uh, before. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, fine uh, debut recording. A vocalist I'm looking forward to hearing more of. Uh, and I thought the joy in her voice was really great. Uh, then I had uh, Sinha Huawasco, yeah, uh, as you great. picked too. That was my next pick. Uh, great recording too. Uh, and then I had uh, in one of my picks, uh, Visaviana. Okay, great. Yep, Glad that was in that there too. Got um, on your list there, yeah. Yeah, um, we had a lot of Italian, French, Scandinavian jazz where they they actually released more recordings in total in those uh, regions than came out of the US I think in wow. the last year. So we're, I was you know really happy to find some new artists uh, with their own sort of uh you know uh European interpretation of jazz and some up and coming you know musicians who had you know a lot of uh fire for the music and uh I, when I found D'Ambra's recording, I said, oh, we definitely got to talk about this one. And uh, so that was uh, one I was happy to include. Uh, then uh, another European pick, uh, my pick 12 from Europa Europa, episode 29, Countdown, Simone Moulier, the uh, caffeine-infused oh, uh, vibraphone uh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking uh, at this one, too. I was kind of contemplating. It's like, ah, oh, this guy's a little too busy for my list. I don't know. Uh, well, we did three three uh, vibraphone recordings this year. Uh, we did right. this. We did- he, uh, he was the best, I would say, yeah, though. Yeah, he's my favorite one. Uh, oh, what was the other guy? The German guy who played with Chet Baker, uh, Hawker. Schmidt or something. Uh, that was he a good was album guy, too. He was the guy that reminded me of the the Pampers commercials, right? I guess it's so tender. No, no, no. That was Isn't that it? was the the last one we did. Uh, 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 this was the yeah we did oh, three yeah. all together. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, the German. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, I remember. I know what you're talking about now. Okay, yeah. but as a as a young up and coming on a fresh sound new talent album, uh, Simon Mouillet, uh Yeah, Europa, Europa. He also has like a. He does some like uh, digital effects on some of his things, uh, and he's just uh, you know really intense player. And on here, he's tackling no, some boy. really tough tunes. He's got uh, John Coltrane's Countdown, Thelonious Monk's Work. Uh, he's got some uh, Cole Porter, I Concentrate on You, uh, Mingus. Um, yeah, and he sounds like he's, he's had like a few espressos, and then he gets yeah, out there. Yeah, he's and an just aggressive player, away. boy. Yeah, you don't think of aggressive vibraphone too much too often, yeah. but uh, he's he's that. He's and really so unique I wanted to that get, way. I've tried to pick a few recordings over the year of uh, you know instruments we don't hear enough of, or you know we don't really hear playing jazz. And uh, so that, that's an album I listen to a lot as well, simply because yeah. there just aren't enough vibraphone soloists right. out there today, mm -hmm. or at least I'm not hearing enough of them. Yeah, but that's a good one, very intense yeah. uh, uh, playing. Uh, 13, as you said, 
uh, an album that even grandma will love, The Upside of Down, Joe Alterman, Live at Birdland, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, so I did. I was thinking of ch- including this, but then I thought, uh, you know, this guy didn't give any solos to his <laughs> bass and drum. Yeah. Well, so it, I didn't. So I didn't put it on. But yeah, like, I love this. His playing is so appealing. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you think like as Michael Don told us, you know, swing, swing is the thing. You know, right. it's got to swing. And Joe Alterman really swings. <laughs> I mean, everything swings. Uh, mm. And uh, so it's just a really fun uh, album. Um, you know, he. He, he makes everything swing really hard and he's having Swings a good time. Swings like a pendulum. Yep. With as Inexcess once said. <laughs> uh, it goes back, takes you back to the 50s uh, and uh, this is just a really fun album. You can't Immediately not like appealing. it. Yeah. yeah. And so you gotta, you gotta have that one in there. Now you, um, you had started this episode by saying like, you know, both uh, Biden and Trump liked him, right? Oh, did I say that? that? Yeah, you did. You went into this. Yeah, thing yeah, I where said, said something <laughs> about that. Yeah, I, I was just he swings yeah. bigly. <laughs> he swings bigly. That was it. Yeah, I mean, and but you had some Biden saying something else. It was yeah, I, funny. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go, Joe Alterman. Yeah. Yeah, Joe <laughs> but, Alterman. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna save America because he's gonna unite everybody I, I with his imp- swing. There if you, you go. don't like this music, then oh yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Something. If, if you don't like this music, you don't like jazz or something like that. Or well, I don't know. Like, something like but, that. But uh, well, if it? you don't like this, you really yeah. You, yeah. You anyway, just, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's, you have to it's like just this. So it's so appealing. You have to hear yeah. this. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Now, number thirteen, I picked. Uh, we heard a lot of uh, piano players this year, and I have a lot more on my list. This one gets my mark of watch this guy because uh, he's going to be a, come a big thing. Uh, He's got everything. He's got like a compressed talent that's just waiting to explode. Uh, Coming Down Roses by the Billy Test Trio. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Of any okay. test, of any test yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this guy from uh, Pennsylvania, Billy Test, he's the uh, a piano chair with a WDR big band in Germany. And uh, this, this album, uh, yeah, you got to hear this if you haven't heard this. He also plays a mean Hammond organ with the WDR big band too. But here um, he's got a mix of standards in his own compositions. This kid has, kid I say, he's not a kid, but he's a young player. He's a kid to us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's got a fabulous technique, uh, lots of emotion bursting out, uh, really adventurous modern stuff in some places, building on the tradition uh, this guy's going places and is going to build a name for himself. Uh, his first uh, debut as a leader. He's got gobs of technique, uh, but also a nice touch. He, his solos have great arcs. Um, check it out. Billy Testrio coming down roses. Uh, okay, uh, number 14. I had to include this uh, from episode 36, Mirror, Mirror. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Chick Corea plays on this. Yeah. When can I see you again? Uh, no, I've got two. I've got a bunch. You wouldn't suspect this one. I needed, as a Trump, being a trumpet player, I had to include a trumpet album uh, here. So I've got a few. But uh, this one is a young uh, Scottish trumpeter, I believe, uh, Sean wait, Gibbs. Wait, this is Mirror Mirror? Yeah. It's from. Uh, I thought that was Eliane Elias, no? No. No, I didn't include that because he's oh. going to show up later. That's a great album oh. too. The Elena, I'm sorry, Elias. yeah, okay. Because the name kind of made yeah. me think. Yeah. This one is uh, Ubuntu label. Uh, young trumpet player Sean Gibbs. 
Oh, uh, wow. I, okay. I, sorry. I, sorry to... That's right. <laughs> I picked you know. him because uh, I, I really... We know trumpet should be an uplifting instrument and should have like this kind of, uh, to me, this spark. Uh, something. This is, album is just a really happy sounding uh, album of uh, a lot of original compositions uh, that just really make you feel good. And uh, to hear a player from the UK having that real kind of uh, channel, this kind of happy uh, sound of sort of post-bop trumpet from the U.S. Uh, and really fun compositions, too. Uh, I wanted to pick as an up-and-coming uh, star. Uh, Can you say his name he, again? Because I think I stepped on it. <laughs> oh, it's uh, Sean Gibbs. Okay. Sean Gibbs, uh, episode 36, When Can I, I See I remember liking again? this one as well, yeah. It, it's just one of those ones that... It's like if you put this with Joe Alterman, like... You just won't go to work. You'll just call in sick and stay home and dance around the living room or something. You know, uh, it's that kind of thing. Sounds like the kind of thing I want to do for the rest of my life. Really, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So that's is that fourteen? I scrolled too far on my screen here. Yes. So that's Sean Gibbs, and I'm going to go to another Gibbs uh, episode thirty-seven, uh, known unknowns, which got us a lot of hits on the title. Uh, people thought it Which was, was Donald kind of funny. Rumsfeld's favorite music or something. Donald but, uh, Rumsfeld's favorite music? I don't think Donald yeah, Rumsfeld liked music, did he? Probably not. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Songs from My Father. I mean, music? On, What's that? Yeah. Uh, this was a great... See, yeah. this was kind of one... I. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I can... This is up there for me. Yeah. I could get it in my top 10, though. Yeah. Um, Welling City Sound by Jerry Gibbs, the percussionist, uh dedicated to his father still alive great uh another vibraphone uh player uh terry gibbs and uh this uh happens to be uh chick Corea's last uh recorded performance at least uh, it yeah. says although a lot of things have come out this year uh after uh he passed away uh it's a recording of all of terry gibbs compositions uh features kenny Barron. Chick Corea. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? There are four uh, different ensembles yeah. on this album. Uh, and Patrice Ruchin, also on piano, and amazing uh, Jeffrey Kieser, uh, all of the piano players, just incredible. And then we've got uh, on bass uh, uh, Buster Williams, Ron Carter, and Christian McBride. Uh, wow. you know, yeah, on just, the different really... trios. So these fabulous trios that uh, Jerry Gibbs traveled around the country to record all this music on. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a who's who of uh, jazz trio players. Uh, really fabulous stuff. And uh, just on one tune, uh, they actually uh, get all the players together, and he splices over the recordings, including his father's soloing. It's a sort of, you know, studio trick, but it's cool. They just do it on one track, but the rest are just really great, um, you know, performances of uh, Terry Gibbs's music. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I can recommend this one. Uh, yeah, this is this is ranked high on my list as well. Yeah, yeah it's a really good recording. Uh, then, well, 16 was uh, Street of Dreams, Bill Charlap. Uh, as okay. you picked two, mm. I think I have one more. Let's see. Uh, yeah. And so I needed one more to round them out. And just as a tribute, uh, because it also includes uh, some of these other players we mentioned, is one we heard uh, just last week, Train's Legacy, uh, hmm. Mayburn Place Coltrane. 
on uh, Smoke Sessions Records. Uh, Actually, this was my favorite of the three Coltrane recordings yeah. as well. Uh, it is the most funky and, uh, you know, sort of bluesy uh, Coltrane of the three. It's uh, Harold Mayburn, who passed away in 2019, one of the last recordings he did. Uh, and it also features uh, players we've just mentioned, Joe Farnsworth on drums, Vincent Herring on alto sax, uh, and you also got uh, John Weber on bass, uh, Eric Alexander, the monster tax sax player, and Steve Davis, great trombone player. Smoke Sessions regulars, these guys. And it's a live recording, and it's just full of energy and juice. Uh, some of Coltrane's, uh, you know, more bluesy numbers. And Mayburn really shows uh, a lot of style here. Uh, these great funky chords. Lots of rhythmic things. Uh, the, it's just a great sounding live album. And also some of the things that he uh, channels into Coltrane's uh, music uh, and quoting in here on uh, My Favorite Things and then uh, uh, the other tunes uh, that he pulls in. It's just a really good time. And he hadn't lost any of his touch. Uh, he was on top of his form right to the end. And uh, so I thought this is a really fun album. I've listened to it. Now, over and over. Uh, I wish I was there. I wish I could have been there to see this performance. So it's that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounded yeah, really exciting to me, too. I really enjoyed this a lot as mm. well. Okay. And that's it. So that is it for our um, top, uh, you know, top recordings of the year that we have featured on the uh, Adult Music Podcast. Now, needless to say, we didn't get to everything yeah. that we wanted to talk about. Um so I was, I've been looking at the year-end lists and the classical list. There are a few things that, I, that I'm still intending to talk about in the right. coming months, January and February. Um, so I'm not going to mention any of those. But there are a few things I just wanted to mention that we didn't talk about on the podcast that I thought were um, exceptionally good that you should hear. Now, in the classical um, category, I have um, – we talked about the – Augustin Hadelich's um, Bach uh, Sonatas and Partitas for solo violin. Right. And there have been two other um, releases, two other performances of those this year. And at least one of them, I've heard this one already, um, I want to talk about is uh, the one recently released by Fabio Biondi. Of ah. these, um, and it's they're, they're exceptionally good performances. This, this was a real keeper for me. He uses... Um, I forget what it was. He, he's using his teacher's Guarneri um, violin on this, so it's a very old violin, which he strung with gut strings. Now these are old gut strings that he found on the uh, on the internet. They're not like Euro kind of like uh, okayed gut strings that were kind of prepared in the proper way according to mm. Euro rules. So he these are older ones. And um, it affects the sound, but that's just the fact that he's even playing his um, his teacher's violin. He you can kind of tell he has like a real emotional attachment to. Mm. Th th there's a real emotion that comes out of this performance. He's he's playing in his usual highly melodic and really aggressive. Not aggressive. It's not really the right word, but just um, a very present style 
on these recordings. Now, I figured I'm not going to feature this on any future recordings simply because I think how, how many recordings of the Sonatas and Partidas or solo violin are we going to hear? <laughs> there are right. so many of them coming out. But I really want to encourage uh, listeners to uh, listen to that. I thought it was a really great performance, uh, a rather unique one, and uh, a really heartfelt one as well. As mm. I found it very moving. So for classical, that's all I have. The other things, you you might be thinking, oh, well, I know that there's a great recording of uh, you know, Bakken family by uh, Daniil Trifonov. And uh, it turns out that Trifonov is a big, uh, a favorite of the Adult Music Podcast. Both of me and Russ like him a lot. Absolutely. That's going to be on next week's podcast. Oh, okay. So great, great. We're going to start the new year with that. And there are others as well. There's a, there's a great Igor Levitt solo piano recording, and we'll be covering that as well in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, so that's that's all I've got for classical. Now in jazz, one major recording that just r- really knocked me out that we didn't talk about was uh, Chick Corea Acoustic Band Live. And all right. uh, yeah, that was I thought a bit this was... older recording though, wasn't it? Um, that's why I didn't it was from a few. Up, well, it was yeah. just released this year, but it was uh, the recording was made I think around 2018 or right, so right. when Chick Corea assembled the acoustic band again. But oh, his playing is just so good on this record. It's um, it's it's it was really inspiring all the way through. It's a double album, and I just enjoyed it thoroughly and still listen to it quite often. I assume we're not going to cover it on the uh, podcast, so I just kind of picked it, yeah. put it in my thing here. The other one um, that I really liked that th- this was on the Grammy list is I liked uh, Kurt Elling's album Super Blue. Not necessarily because of Kurt Elling, who I really like, by the way, but just the the funky band that he's got on this album. It's a really unique mm. sort of sound, and uh, I enjoyed this a lot too. And I would encourage you to hear that as well. It's it's just it's it's kind of funny. It's if you can imagine like these funky beats with like because I think of Elling as being like a uh, successor to Frank Sinatra. He's got that kind of laid back sort of croon to his um, style. It's, it's kind of. Mm. <laughs> You might think this might might be a Joe Piscopo quality to this recording, <laughs> but I really did enjoy it a lot. I just, I just love the funky grooves, and he, I think he's good over them as well. So I, okay. I would uh, I would recommend that as well. Those are my uh, picks about things we didn't talk about on the Adult Music Podcast that I kind of wish we did. Anyway, well, Chick Corea Electric Band that brings me back to high school. I had yeah. tickets. It must have been nineteen eighty seven or eighty eight. I went to see the uh, Chick Corea Electric Band and uh, Spyro Gyra. Spyro Gyra, I remember yeah. them. And I had second row seats in a great theater. And this huge South African guy sat down right in front of me. And uh, <laughs> he kind of blocked out my view. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, but uh, that's a story for a different time. He was a conga player. Yeah. He's probably oh, really? no longer in this world, I would imagine. But uh, Was he old then or... Well, he was old when I was in high school, so uh, anyway, but uh, it was an interesting night, and uh, yeah, I got to see, the one time I got to see Chick Corea live. uh, Well, you got to hear Chick Corea live, at least. Yeah, I got to hear him, (laughs) so that was great. Uh, Good memories. Uh, And now all we have is memories, because he's uh, in the big beyond. Uh, I should mention, we we live here, should I mention where we live? We live in Japan. We live in Japan, but there's a there's a bar near me that's a it's a jazz bar, and this guy has a lot of uh, recordings. And he's got a piano, and uh, he's got a few signed albums by Chick Corea, who actually went into the bar and played his piano. So, oh wow! Back when he lived here, like uh, years and years ago. So, uh, 
Mm. A lot of, a lot well, of stories the, yeah, about him. In the Japan uh, bubble economy years, there were lots of uh, musicians from all genres passing through town, playing in uh, smaller venues. And, I, uh, I actually know which house he lived in, too. Oh, really? I can, I can show it to you one day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, show that to me. It's not, not too far away from where I live, actually. Yeah, supposedly, uh, yeah, there were Just a lot think of, if I were uh, 20 years older and, like, we're living here in the 80s, I could have, like, uh, hung out with Chick Corea. There was uh, supposedly a Sting and David Bowie were around a lot, and uh, Ron yeah, Carter as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Ron now Carter, we can't, too. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Now we can't... Uh, since 2011, we haven't been able to get an uh, international jazz uh, star in Kyoto at all. So, uh, oh, so we've mentioned yeah. the place, Kyoto. Yeah. yeah okay. So, so uh, anyway, um, I don't know if we want to give that away. For that matter, but Osa- yeah, or Osaka Chikoria either. lives in Kyoto for a while. Yeah. Or Osaka either. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, they skip over the Kansai ever ever since that big earthquake. But uh, what are you going to do? Maybe things will improve in the future. It has a lot to do. Kyoto's a funny place, though. It's kind of, they don't, you know, like all the big stars, if they're going to go, if they're going to come to Kansai at all, um, they go to Osaka, yeah. which is um, kind of the yeah, big but they don't even come there recently, yeah. so. Yeah, they all go to Tokyo and just leave, basically. Yeah. It's kind of sad, you know, because Tokyo is kind of far away. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see what happens after the corona is gone, and hopefully that will be soon. Anyway, next week, you know, if um, you know if you're if you're really suffering over the new year, don't worry, we'll be here for you, and we'll have new releases to talk about right away. We're gonna kick things off right from January second. Uh, You'll so, be we'll um, be um, publishing our next yeah. or uploading our next episode on January second. Yeah. So or, uh, and yeah, there'll be six new. New uh, record well Since recent recordings. recordings recent yeah well yeah, yeah. obviously not from twenty twenty two yet but uh, those yeah. will be coming up soon <laughs> those will be coming soon so uh, get your fix uh, survive the relatives and uh, family and whatever you have to do for New Year's uh, yeah. and uh, we'll be back with the next episode in twenty twenty two this has been episode forty three the year end wrap up of uh, the first season first year of adult music the podcast with music for the mature mind if you're still with us at the end here then uh, i'd like to uh, remind you to uh, like follow on whatever platform you're listening to us on Uh, you can check us out on uh, most major streaming places and on our preferred streaming uh, platform Deezer, where you can follow us at uh, username Adult Music Podcast. You can go back and check out all these episodes and also the full playlists, uh, all the music in one place there. Uh, if whatever app or platform doesn't show all the links uh, for our episodes, come over to our host site, Podbean, uh, where you can uh, follow all the links easily. And if you did enjoy the podcast, uh, please do. Uh, follow us spend a moment to write a review or give us a ranking that helps us get into the browsing categories which in turn gets us exposed to new listeners and helps us grow our audience and if you'd like to contact us directly we'd love to hear from you any comments questions uh, praises or complaints uh, we'll be sure to respond to you Uh, our email address is adult music podcast all one word at gmail.com yeah, and I want to mention too. Um, no, no one sent us a, a Christmas message, so I'm going to try again. Send us a Happy New Year message. We'd love to hear yeah. from you. Come Wish on. us a Happy New Year. Wish us a Happy New Year. Uh, let us know about uh, where you are 
what you listened to and uh, anything you liked or didn't like about the podcast, uh, we'd be happy to uh, hear from you uh, before we forge on into new territories for 2022. Just a few days left, Mike. Yeah, we're almost done with 2021. 2022 is going to be a great year because we're going to be doing an entire year of music. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about music this time. It's yeah, going to be our I, first full year. Um, I think we're going to do over 300 recordings next year. So You think? 300 like recordings. Extra, it's an extra month. I don't know. I think we'll get to it. And okay. um, yeah. If aiming not, we'll for, make the effort. Aiming for 50,000 downloads. Uh, so. Yeah, that's our goal. We did reach 5,000 downloads uh, this year. Thank you yeah. all for uh, downloading the episode. Um, uh, that was pretty exciting for us to know that we've reached that many people and just right yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, so hopefully the momentum will continue. And, yeah. um, so we hope you've had a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and uh, what do you say for Kwanzaa? I don't know, isn't that today? <laughs> Whatever you say. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Happy, I, don't, I really don't know. It's a happy, have a happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, whatever you do, have a happy ecumenical. Wait, what did the, the Simpsons for? They said, have a crazy Kwanzaa. Crazy Kwanzaa, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to make fun. That's, that's whatever weird. you have. Okay. Uh, but uh, and uh, enjoy your New Year's Eve contemplating this strange year we've been through, but look forward to. It's only going to get stranger. Happy New Year in 2022. Yeah, it'll be strange out there, but luckily we have the refuge of music and all its yes. wonders uh, to give us Certainly something keeps positive me going. to mm. uh, listen to and think about. And so we'll see you again next week in the new year. So have a, have happy, a happy new, new year, year, everyone. And we'll see you soon in episode 44 in January. And thanks for listening. Thank you.